Psalm 91. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture uh, in all of the Bible, partly because every night before I went to bed, my dad would pray this over me and my brothers. And uh, so I've, I have it in my heart. I could say it to you right now. I, we pray this over Hayden. Although uh, there are times now where we forget because she needs, like there's a whole routine to get her to fall asleep. And so sometimes we got to skip over it so that we can keep our sanity. But uh, we pray this over our kids and we really believe that, um, that this is for today. The days that we live in are very unique. But whether it be a hurricane or the political atmosphere in our country or the challenges of sex trafficking or the things that happen in our community with mental illness, you name it, we are in some difficult days. The cool thing is God placed you here for a reason. Do you believe that? God placed you here on this planet, in this community, in your school, in this youth ministry, in this church, not by accident, but for a reason. And when this passage was written, so there's, some di- there's a little bit of a, a dispute on who actually wrote it. We, they believe that one way or another, David, uh, King David had his hands in it, whether he wrote it or compiled what Moses had years before written and put it into his book of Psalms, all we know is that it was written during a time of turmoil. And so as we read this, we're reading over ourselves and speaking over ourselves, almost this prayer and this song that becomes an anthem for our lives so that we can know how to navigate the difficulties of our society, the difficulties of our own family, the difficulties of life. And it goes a little bit like this. You can read along with me. I'm going to Read it, if we can put it up there. It says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save me. I always say me, or I'll say, surely, I'll speak it over Hayden. So sometimes I might, out of memorization, say it wrong. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, or the the plague that destroys at midday. Though a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, it will not come near you. Only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward, the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra and you'll trample the great lion and serpent. Because he loves me or she God is saying this to you, because you love me, says the Lord, I will rescue and protect them, for they acknowledge my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him, be with him in times of trouble. I will deliver and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Can I encourage you with one thing, if you leave with nothing else tonight, memorize this chapter, it will change your life. You need this in your spirit. 
for today. You can do it later for a Bible buck, okay? Um, <laughs> but uh, you need to memorize Psalm 23 and Psalm 91. These are two very critical because here's what it deals with. It deals with your soul in relation to God. And it deals with how you see God and how he relates to you. And God does not want to be the kind of person and the, play the role in your life that it's just like you can, you can think it and know it and hear it about God, but it never really takes root. The goal in this is where it says this in verse 2. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. Can I tell you the goal of your life is for you to be able to, in a firsthand way, be able to authentically and honestly say about God, I can say about God in my own experience that he's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's the God that I trust in. Can I tell you there's a lot of you in here, if, I'm being, if you're being honest, you can say it about God, but you can't say it about God like with, with you you can say, yeah, I've heard that God's a refuge. I've heard that God is a place that I can trust, but I've never experienced it with God. But it begins with this word I want to talk about tonight, dwell. If you're taking notes, which I encourage you to do, you can write this down. Dwell in the shelter. If you want a secondary title, you can call it stay in the library. Stay in the library. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. We honor it tonight. We honor your presence. We thank you, God, that where your presence is, there's freedom, there's joy, there's new beginnings, there's purpose. And we thank you, God, that in these moments, you change us from the inside out. God, we pray that you would, if anyone in here needs healing, if anyone in here is broken or hurting, God, we, would, you, would you give every person what they need? And we thank you, God that you're working from the inside out of us, that we would be different than when we came. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you like, um, like dystopian society kind of movies? Anyone? Like Hunger Games, you know what I'm talking about? Or um, uh, The Giver? That's decent. The movie was decent. Book, better. The, the movie, decent. Or uh, like I Am Legend. See, here's the thing. I do not support horror movies, but I will tell you this. I do like some non-horror zombie movies. I got to tell you, it is a fascinating thing to think what would happen if there was a virus that took over the world and there's all these people trying to eat you and you got to outrun them. I think it's fascinating. I Am Legend. Anyone, anyone like I Am Legend? Oh, so good. Or uh, did World War Z? Ooh, that one was good. Or, or maybe you're more of like, I like the hundred, you like the hundred, where everyone's in outer space for a hundred years or whatever, and then they come down. That show got weird. I just got to be honest. It got real weird. It was good for the first season and a half, though. I liked it. Or, or maybe you're the kind of person you like a quiet place. You know, it's suspenseful, and everyone's dead from, a, from an alien that hears, that hears everything but they can't see you? That was, was intense. 
Or maybe you like, you just like the disaster movies, like 2012. Anyone like 2012? See, this is Noel's kind of movie. Noel's favorite, though. Noel's favorite is The Day After Tomorrow. The Day After Tomorrow. How many of you have seen The Day After Tomorrow? The Day After Tomorrow, it's a good movie. This is Noel's favorite. And if you don't know about this movie, basically, Dennis Quaid, like he always does, predicts that something bad's coming in the form of a large end-of-the-world kind of snowstorm where it's going to take out the top half of the United States. And so he predicts it. No one's listening, kind of like the prophets in the Old Testament. Sorry, that was a dad joke. Um, No one listened. I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen. ETW, no one knows that either. But he predicts it. The scientists, the president, they're rolling their eyes. He says, you guys are going to be sorry. Well, it happens. And a hurricane-like massive snowstorm covers the top half of the United States. And you see, you know, I mean, the, the waters from the, from the ocean are raging in and everyone's running and cabs are, are in the waves rolling over people and they're trying to get inside. And fast forward, Jake Gyllenhaal and, and his love interest and this guy that he's jealous of that was in the math competition, they're all in the library with all of these different people, probably a few dozen people. And there's this one guy who has, he's got a savior complex. He's like, guys, we got to move on. We got to move onward and upward. We got to get out of here. Otherwise, we're all going to die. So we got to get out of here. And Jake's like, no, my dad said we got to stay here. We got to stay or else you guys are all going to die out there. And, 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 and Jake's like, you guys can't go. You can't do it. You got to stay here. We got to stay here. Stay warm. Stay inside. Don't go. And the guy's like, no, you don't know what you're doing. Gets everyone except for Jake Gyllenhaal and his little crew. Gyllenhaal, whatever it is, I don't care. Jake G, okay? And Jake G is like, you guys can't go. And the other dude is like, I'm going to go. And fast forward, you find out that just miles away from the place, the guy and his dog and all of the people frozen to death. Meanwhile, Jake's in there. They ride out the storm, and Jake gets the girl, too. And that's the thing. See, if I can tell you anything tonight, it's like you want to get the girl, you got to wait. You got that too. But they all died. Jake lived and Jake got the girl. And so I, I, I just think that's, that's a lot of wisdom right there. But here's what happens is that when we're in shelter, it's not always easy When you know the conditions that are outside, it is very easy in our humanity to tend to want to run to find something better. You've heard the phrase, the grass is always greener on the other side. Sometimes it's the snow isn't as cold a couple miles down the road. Sometimes it's it's not as bad if I were to go and do this or it would be easier or I could take the shortcut and what we want to do is we've got shelter with God, but shelter with God is not always eased with God. And so what we do is we want to run and find something that would be better, but what God is saying to you is if you'll dwell 
It won't be easy, but you will find the rest that your soul needs. And oftentimes what we like to do is we like to go and find it ourselves. But if you want to be like Jake G and not die and get the girl, you got to wait. I want to focus on this, this idea of dwell and rest. Dwell and rest. See, because something happens when you stay, when you don't quit, when you stay put, when everyone else goes the wrong way. Man, there's something powerful when a high school student decides not to go party when everybody else does it. And they all just go wild and free, living young and wild and free. And when everybody else does that, that you have the self-control to get under the shadow of God's wings where it's a little less exciting. But you're being saved from the storm that comes with wrong living. I'm not here to tell you that all you got to do is just be like, God, I like you, and I'm happy, and life's perfect, and I can do whatever I want, and nothing will ever happen. No, the reality is, all you need to do is believe in Jesus and your, your soul, but, 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 but what has to happen is you've got to get to a place where not only do you believe once, but you allow God and his presence and his way and Jesus himself to be what becomes your identity and where you find yourself. But a lot of times what we want to do is we want, we want the benefit of being under refuge and we want to be able to live the lifestyle of going wherever we want, doing whatever we want without having to feel any of the repercussions. It's playing with fire. But something happens when you don't quit. Something happens when you stay put. Something happens when you stick to your convictions. And you give up the need for affirmation from others and find your worth in who God says you are. Something happens when you stay. I'll give you three thoughts. Dwell, shelter, and rest. Write them down. Dwell, shelter, and rest. First thought, dwell. That word dwell in the original language means to inhabit or remain. It's one thing to, to come into a house. It's another thing to sit. I remember I found something. Um, I'd never heard of this website. It's called Virage Sale. It's kind of like the poor man's offer up. And uh, someone said, hey, I saw this thing on Virage Sale. You should go get it. This person posted it. I was like, I want that. It was this cool old Starbucks mug. And I love mugs. I got a great mug collection. Hashtag, t- hashtag Taylor's Mug Collection. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'll follow you back if you give me a mug. So it's real. But uh, so I find this mug. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get it. So I drive there. And uh, I pull up to the house and I realize, oh, I know this person. And so I I go into the house. I'm like, sure enough, it's this person. I'd known them for my whole life, been very close. And in the recent years, we had had drawn apart. And I knew this person. They'd invite me in. Their kids are there. and, And so I go inside and. They're like, come up, and you want to see the, see the stuff? And I, so I come up, and they had a few different things. And, and so I was like, I want to get that and that. And it's funny because um, the, the cost was a, a doll, like, uh, it was like $3 each. And I had $5, but I had another dollar in the, in the car. And I was like, can I give you the, just the 5 bucks? She's like, no, why don't you just go out to your car and get the other dollar? 
I'm like, come on, give me a discount. It's like the friend, you know, friends and family discount. But so I go out and get the other, and they're like, hey, why don't you sit down for a little bit? And at that moment, it's like, I don't want to sit down. I don't want to, I, I just came here to have a transaction. I don't want to get to know you again. I don't want to spend any time in this house. I want to go home to my family and eat my food, and I want to watch my show. I do not want to sit in here. I don't want to sit. I don't want to spend any more time here than I have to. I was so ready to get out. And isn't it funny that sometimes we treat God this way? That we want, to, we want a transaction. We want the benefit of a relationship with God, but we're unwilling to sit in his presence. We want the benefit of saying yes to God, and he gives us what the result of our yes is, but then we want to leave the house. We don't want to spend any time dwelling. But the Bible says in Psalm 91, they that dwell, remain, submit, inhabit, those who dwell and rest in the, sh- in the shelter, in the secret place, the people who stay, the people who come in and sit, are the ones who will find rest. This day, this culture, the world we're in, I can tell you, even just just how busy alone that we are, man, we need rest. And I'm not talking sleep. I'm talking where you can wake up and there's not a heaviness to your soul because you know where you stand with God and you know that you're accepted and loved and that you belong. And the richness of the relationship that you get, it enriches your whole life. I'm so thankful that I didn't make a transaction on May 24th, 2008 with a girl named Noelle. And we have now produced two offspring. It's, it's more than that. It's so much more than a transaction. Man. We have a relationship. Can I tell you? In relationships you argue. In relationships you disagree. In relationships there's intimacy. In relationships there's ebb and flow. Can I tell you that's with God too? You didn't sign up to follow Jesus. Legs off the person. Come on. You don't need to do that in here. Legs off. Yeah. You're good. Thank you. You didn't sign up to follow Jesus for a perfect relationship. Can I tell you it's okay to disagree with God? It's not okay to run away. Get into the room. Hash it out. Have the conversation. Say, God, I'm really pissed right now. This is how I feel. We all, we all act like God gets intimidated by our issues and our problems. As if God is different. But God came to have a relationship with you and I. Name one awesome relationship in your life where you haven't at least had a problem. I'll wait. You can't. There is no relationship in your life unless it's like a one-year-old niece that you see on weekends. That's it. Why? Because the nature of relationships with human beings is that we make mistakes and we're flawed and we're messed up, so we need to walk together, but it's what enriches it. I'm thankful that through all our problems that my wife and I, Noelle and I, that we have an enriching relationship that I'm thankful that I'm not doing this life by myself. I'm not raising two kids on my own. I couldn't. She could. I could not. 
Why? Because we have a relationship. See, dwelling isn't ease, friends. Dwelling is commitment to staying. It's commitment to sticking it out when you don't feel it. It's commitment to when you're in the house and the storm is outside, knowing that it's too late to evacuate, that you sit on the inside trusting that the house was built on a solid foundation. Dwelling isn't easy. Dwelling is a commitment to stick it out. Dwell, number two, shelter. Other translations say the secret place. The secret place. It's a place to hide. It's a place of intimacy. See, on one hand, it's important that we dwell. But can I say it matters where you dwell? Can I say your dominant picture, your place, where you call home, what, what your normal, your narrative is, it's important. If we're not careful, we become the kind of people who we know we're supposed to dwell, but where we find our home, where we find our home is in dysfunction. It's with people who have no business giving us advice. It's going to places that suck the virtue out of us. Everyone's negative. Everyone's discouraging. Everyone tempts us to do what we know we ought not to do. I'm not a prude, but God didn't call you to live unholy. God called you to live according to his standard. And when you do, you find purpose. It's not a rule. It's an opportunity to walk in the purpose and the fulfillment of God. And some of you, you find your dominant picture, your, your normal narrative, the place that is home for your soul is dysfunction. This is why it's so hard, oftentimes, for addicts. I, I've known plenty in my life, even family members, who they can't sleep in the dark. they got to have a static TV on all night. They can't sleep under covers. They have to sleep on a couch or even on the floor because solid, normal comfort doesn't work for them because they're so used to dysfunction. Some of you, your family, and I'm not dogging your family, but the way that your family operates is so dysfunctional. The way that your friendships are, are so backwards. Remember we had a, I had an incident at camp, two people arguing about what someone else said to one of their friends. I'm like, I wanted to just look at them and laugh because of how stupid it was. But the, the funny thing is, is that was normal for them. And what is normal for some of you is so dysfunctional that what you've got to do is you've got to change where you dwell. Some of you, you need to change. Listen, you need to change where you dwell. And you're content. But up late at night when you can't sleep, you wonder why. Because your place of dwelling, you're not getting any rest. You feel a lot like sometimes Noelle and I do, mainly Noelle because she's a mom. I'm so thankful I'm a guy. Is that we might have eight hours from the time we went to bed to the time we woke up. But we might only get two, three hours because one kid's sick. Or one kid has a bad dream. Or one kid poops so loud that it wakes him up. 
It happens, and it's so funny, but it's not funny at 3 in the morning. <laughs> like last night, last night we're putting Jude down, it's just, and it, it, before we even went upstairs, he's already asleep, and we got the monitor on, and it's just, <laughs> and just for like 10 minutes straight, every 30 seconds, just, just like a violent wind. And we're just laughing and so frustrated that we're laughing because it's like it's waking him up. And like, why? But some of you, your souls feel like that, don't they? Your soul feels like you can't get any rest. You feel tired all the time. And I'm not talking busy tired because there's a busy tired. And I feel that all the time. But your soul's tired. And you got tears. It may not be on your eyes, but you feel it. And you feel the heaviness and the weight, sometimes of your own sin. And the environment that you're in, it's dark. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to give you an opportunity to find a new place of dwelling. Because when you dwell in the shelter of the Most High, what does it say? You'll rest in the covering, the shadow of the Almighty. The goal for you is not ease, but it's rest. And can I tell you, there's something so beautiful when you get to a place of dwelling in intimacy, a place of the secret place. It calls it the secret place. Can I tell you this? Let me say this. Some of you, the extent of your relationship with God is right here. If that's the case, you'll never enter into the rest that God designed for you. It must go beyond here. Noelle and I are here together. We love it. I love watching, I love watching her lead worship, and I know she loves watching me preach. She's like, Taylor. <laughs> Taylor. We love it. Love watching it. But this is not Intimacy. You don't get to share in my intimacy. You don't. And I'm not just talking about sex. Yes, that's a piece of a marriage. And it's beautiful. But I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about when the doors close, when you knock on my door and I don't answer, when you text me and I don't respond, when my phone is away, where it's for me and her, and we're watching our show, or we're, when we're doing our thing, or when we're having our conversation, or when we are tying Hayden up in a blanket and swinging her around because it's her new favorite thing, that's my place. That's my secret place that you don't get to be a part of. Why? Because there's a place in every relationship that doesn't involve others. You must get there with God if you want to enter into the rest. You have to. And some of you, the only place you find yourself with God is right here. This is intentional. It's good. God designed for the gathering of the saints to come together and encourage each other and worship God and encourage one another and leave better. But it must not be limited to here. There must be a place where it is secret, where no one else gets to see, where you're able to receive from God. What was not for us, but was for you. What was for me. God has things to say to the church. But he also has things to say to you. 
He has good things for you. God has peace, restoration, joy, fulfillment, good things for you. Do you believe that? I hope this isn't heavy-handed. It's an opportunity to find your new narrative. Some of you, you will literally listen. You'll go home tonight to a place that contradicts what happens here. What I would encourage you to do is find a secret place in your house. Maybe it's your bedroom. Maybe it's a worship playlist where when you turn it on, you may not even be able to have time to read your Bible. You may not have time to to pray, but you put on your headphones and you're like, all right, this is my space. One of my secret places is I'll, I'll just walk around my neighborhood. I got a playlist, a few songs that I'll repeat, sometimes 10 times in a row, one song. And half the time, I'm not even praying out loud. Half the time, I'm just letting it minister to me. And in those moments, no one else goes with me. I don't want Noel with me. I definitely don't want my stupid dog with me because he's too slow. I don't want anybody with me. Why? Because it's my secret place. You don't get to share with me. My neighbors don't get to share with me. It's me and God. The rest you're looking for will come when you dwell in the secret place. Number three is this, rest, rest, rest. The word rest means to set up shop, to stick it out through the night. To stick it out through the night. To stick it out through the night. Whoever dwells in the shelter, the secret place of the Most High will rest. The shadow, the covering, the protection of the Almighty. And in that place, you'll be able to say of God. Same thing Ezekiel said. Said many times in the Old Testament by the prophets. Before my ears had heard of you, God. But now my eyes have seen. Before I'd seen and maybe even experienced a worship moment. But God, right now, my parents are going through this stuff and I don't know how to respond. But I feel this peace in this moment. You are my refuge and my fortress. God, and I trust you. I don't see the end. I don't see the other side. The only other side I can see, the grass is even browner than right here. But I trust you, God. My dad lost his job, and I don't see how it could work out. But God, I trust you. I've been struggling with this sin, and time and time again, I say I'll never do it again. And what, for whatever reason, I find myself back in the same place. God, you're my refuge. And those old friends, they used to be, but they're not anymore. That old vice and alcohol, marijuana, whatever, substance, 
real cool vaping. That used to be my refuge. But every time I came out more wrecked than I was before. But for whatever reason, God, as I watch around me, and here's what the scripture goes on to say, which we'll talk about in a few weeks. That though 10,000 will fall at your side, or a thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, it will not come near you. Only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. What does it say? When you dwell with God, when you find the rest in the secret place, evil's still going to hit people. It just won't affect you. You'll be able to watch. As cities crumble, as people make mistakes, as people see the results of their sin, not that you sit and judge, but you'll be able to say, God, I'm thankful that I chose not to go to that place with my friends. That when they started changing their lifestyles, I said, I'm sorry guys, I love you, but I've decided that I'm following Jesus. I'm not going that way anymore. And that you'll be able to stand in those moments and say, even though they're seeing the results of that path, and even though this discouragement is taking over people, I can stand here in the storm trusting that God is my refuge. He's my fortress. And he is the God that I trust in. This is what God wants for every single one of you. Seventh grade, eighth grade, easy family, don't know your dad, Life is broken. You've made a ton of mistakes. You don't see your way out. You feel like you've done your best. Whatever end of the spectrum you're on, God's promise for you is this. If you'll dwell in the shelter, the covering of the Most High, you will, you will, not maybe, you will find rest. You will find rest. Close your eyes, bow your heads if you would. Maybe tonight you'd say, you know what? My soul, it needs some rest. For whatever reason, maybe you're anxious. Maybe you've been living in such a way that has caused you a sense of turmoil. God, right now, every person here, listen, listen. God is inviting not just us. God is inviting you to dwell with him. And it's his promise that when you dwell, when you stick it out, when you wait, you will find rest. The prophet Isaiah said, they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. Does it say they that wait upon the Lord? Some of you, you're going to go home and you're going you're gonna to want to do this. But it's process. It takes time. 
takes for every yes, takes another no. So you need to say no to some things so that you can say yes to the right things. If you say, I need some rest, just put your hand on your heart. It could be a myriad of things. You could just really feel worn out. You're so busy. You're afraid of the future. You're saying, God, I just need you to settle my heart. It may not be a sin issue. It just may be, man, I'm just freaked out. I'm worn down. I'm tired. God sees you. Some of you have made mistakes. You feel like You've made enough to where God sees it and says no. But God sees you and says, you can still dwell with me. You can still dwell with me. And you can find the rest that you don't even know you've been looking for. Maybe tonight you'd say, you know what? I get that, but I've never had a moment where I've decided said yes to Jesus. This is your opportunity. I don't ever want to give you, I don't ever want to have you come here and miss that opportunity. If you say, I've never said, or maybe you can't remember the time, you'd like to recommit and say yes to Jesus from this day forward. Their heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you just lift your hands all over this room if that's you? You'd say, I want to say yes to Jesus. Awesome. A couple dozen. Easy. Make this decision, not about the person next to you, just you, just you, just you, just straight up. In a sign of just, uh, in a sign of um, intentionality, would you lift your hands straight up? The rest of us, would you lift your hands as well? I want you to repeat after me. Say, Jesus, come on, everyone in this room, say, Jesus, I need you. I need rest. I need life. Thank you that I find it in you. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came to earth, you died on a cross, and you rose from the grave so that I can rise to new life. From this day forward, I will dwell with you. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus?